I'm sorry, you can sit there and look and play with all your silly machines as much as you Shots. like. What a stop! Shots from Ben! Oh! Oh! Jordan Ben! Yes! Jordan Henderson! I mean, that sort of stuff, we're, it, it's been... We're, be we're bigger than that. That interview is just like the performance, flat. No. What, what do you want him to do? Just fall at Gabriel's feet crying? I mean, well, he, say something. We, we were doing what we'd done for 20 years, relaxing a nervous studio guest in the same way that you would in, in these conditions, um, and thought no more of it. Fire it up, fire it up, when we finally turn it over, make Are you happier there? It's a better chair. What was wrong with the other one? Was it a bit too it's low too down? Low. This thing doesn't. The microphone only goes down so far before it goes. In fairness to you, you're about seven foot four. You don't need to overly concern yourself with that. You know, sound quality is of paramount importance here, Adrian. Mm. A lovely sunny Friday afternoon as we sit down to bring you the very best Premier League preview in the country. That's Man, very how many are there? But there's certainly another one in this station that's probably better <laughs> than us. It's like that. Do you remember that uh, Anton Ferdinand, Rio Ferdinand thing? Do you remember Anton had he played well for about two months? Not only is he, uh, not not only is Rio not the uh, best centre half in the country, he's not even the best centre half in his household. I feel a bit like that with the Premier League podcast. Well, look, at, that's open to debate. Let's not write ourselves off completely now that we have the tallest podcast member in yeah. pod history. Yes. Due to a um, severe lack of commitment from uh, several other members of the team, we've had to trawl the depths this week to uh, bring in an alternative voice, Richie McCormack. Welcome back. And what depths they were in. To the Friday Football Podcast. Well, I really shouldn't it. It was pa page three of the list. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think your name was even on page two. I feel so wanted. In fairness. <laughs> I shouldn't slag him. He's uh, covering for Keen Murta at the minute. Yes, I am. So he's uh, probably the hardest working member of the team right now. Uh, or certainly up, up there. Up there, up there, yeah. Langan's trips to Sample Stadium in midweek will probably. That's up there as well. I'm not claiming um, mileage though, so I'm a better team member. Dave, welcome to the podcast. Gentlemen. Uh, it's been a while since we've been here, but this is becoming too frequent for us to even address it now. It's getting crisis point yes, on the Friday chronic. Football Podcast, but uh, hopefully. We will uh, get our arses in gear over the next little while. Um, and we've lots to bring you. Dave, you've, uh, have you any details of what it is we're doing this Sunday? I think there's a game this Sunday of some substance. Yes, there is. The Manchester Derby. That you'll be at. Really looking forward to it. It's Which live. is in Yorkshire this year, apparently. <laughs> yeah. It's on a farm just outside Emmerdale. Um, four o'clock kickoff, Old Trafford, Manchester United, Manchester City. Kevin Kilban will be in the commentary box. The snug commentary box that is Old Trafford alongside me. And we also have Chelsea's trip to QPR, which could be equally as thrilling. I think there could be a shocking store there. That's at half one. And it's Nathan, if he does make it back from his yeah. holidays at all. Those poor French air traffic controllers seem to be throwing one or two mahoosive spanners into the works this week. Ray Houghton is going to be at Loftus Road beside Nathan. Can't wait for Sunday. It's going to be very interesting. Yeah, he did mention the uh, lack of commitment of one of our team members. Just amuse yourselves there for a minute, lads, if you would. I do not know what this is about, Richie. I wasn't briefed about this in the production meeting for this podcast. I think Adrian's commitment to wearing the grass skirt, though, has gone a long way. That phone's not working, that's going to be a minute hurt. <laughs> I don't know about the coconut bra, to be honest, though. Very interesting when we listen back to the pod where this bit actually made it through. I think uh, Team will. 33 got the good phone lines this week. Whether it's been in. edited out. No, I'll leave this in. Can we hear that? Hello? Hello? Where are you? What? 
It's uh, 1.36 on a Friday afternoon. Yeah. Where the f*** are you? Uh, won't be able to make it this week. I presumed it wasn't on because uh, I, I was getting tweets about last Friday's Friday Football Podcast and apparently yourself and McIntyre just never showed, so I presume that was the way it was now. That's rich, Dave, isn't it? Well, he's right. But it's also quite <laughs> yeah. rich because he's now sitting listening to some Hawaiian music in Spain for some reason. I don't yeah, know what, quite what is, that what, is. What is the, I thought you had a new theme tune or something. That was yeah, the uh, that was the hour prep. You enjoying yourself? Yeah, I'm pretty pretty relaxed right now. Yeah, just tucking into a nice bit of salami and glass of red wine. You know how it is. Yeah, <coughs> wanker. <laughs> <laughs> so you've had a bit of a disaster. Anybody who's listening to the show uh, last week would be familiar with your uh, travails before you managed to get out there, and then once you got there, you just weren't for coming back. That happened. Well, that was I, I did lose a day of my holiday due to the passport issue, so I. You know, just uh, push it, push my return back a little bit. Yeah, the, right. that, that the passport issue was actually the easy bit. It turned out in the end. Right. It's gone, it's gone a whole lot worse since then. Thanks to those French air traffic controllers, though, I am still sitting here in 22 degrees, having a nice glass of wine, and I should have been back at work two days ago. It's great. Hey, you know, you're at uh, Loftus Road on Sunday, right? Yeah, about that. About that. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing a lot of prep, I take it, I would assume. Oh, hey, I even watched QPR against Aston Villa the other night. Really? Jesus. So they have, uh, they've, you have the Premier League in Spain too? We, apparently so. They do have the Premier League in Spain. <laughs> I even have Sky in the house. It's perfect. All right. Well, yeah, you're, yeah. I'm looking forward to my trip to Loftus Road, back to reality on Sunday. This is going to be our sole preview of QPR Chelsea. Go for it. I was reading an issue with Harry this morning, funnily enough. Did you read that? I'd say your missus loves being on holiday with you, did she? Oh. <laughs> uh, no. But go yeah, for it. Yeah, apparently, apparently they, were out, they were all out to get him. Yeah, it turns, yeah. turns out it wasn't a crippling knee injury that and it was hastened his uh, departure yeah. from Loftus Road. I read this thing this morning as well, and he said that his knees are now better, thankfully, and he can walk without discomfort mm. and get about without discomfort. But it was the vultures circling around him, and he didn't know who to trust at Loftus Road. Yeah, I'm not sure I believe him. Nathan, listen, go on, enjoy yourself. Hey, Don't worry about I us. I am, I, it's I, about, and I'm certainly not. Here, it's, you know the way you go on holidays, and suddenly the temperature at home goes to about 30 degrees, and there's no rain, it's beautiful sunshine. And you kind of feel a bit pissed off that you've missed yeah, it. Yeah, gotta go, guys. Gotta go. Gotta go. <laughs> Good luck, Nathan Murphy. In Hawaii, for some reason, I don't know what that was. I just sort of amusing myself for the half that hour was before we came in. a wonderful piece of radio production. Thank you, uh, Dave. It's no what problem. I spent my time uh, spent my time doing. We're going to get to our trebles in a while. I um, sort of don't really get the trebles. They don't, they don't ever come off me. Now I've sort of figured this week that that's partly due to the fact that uh, I don't really ever bother going back to check them. <laughs> So hopefully maybe next week I'll get around to that. Uh, the early game this week, quarter to one start at a, the Liberty Swansea up against Everton, uh, who beat Southampton 1-0 at the weekend. Uh, third Premier League win in the bounce, on the bounce this uh, time. And Roberto Martinez is uh, pretty pissed. I don't know if anybody's reading his comments this week. He's saying that I'm not tactically rigid. I do. I can play it another way. I'm not uh, a one-trick pony is what he's saying. Well, they've come through probably the worst match you would hope that he will ever have as Everton manager I really believe they're going to get sucked into a relegation scrap at one stage but three wins on the spin this could be a really entertaining game because both teams are just comfortable now they've got nothing to play for apart from their Premier League position but look it's we, we gave him a huge amount of credit last season when he engineered that winning streak and they came 
quite close to breaking into the top four and he got an awful lot of the credit for that so he deserved to take a lot of the flack that was coming his way when Everton were going through a whole sequence of results and not winning games this season struggling to score leaking goals at the back and a manager has to take the criticism that comes his way so he shouldn't be getting so tetchy about this particular piece of criticism and it's true as well because they have been pretty rigid Mm. at times they have not changed the way they're playing when they absolutely needed to he has been going with the same formation in midfield despite the fact they clearly didn't have the legs there as they had last season and Romelu Lukaku was not being played in his best position as he was last season so he has to take it in terms of the uh, long-term prospects, Richie, from an Everton perspective, how do you how do you figure this to go? Like they're obviously um, like getting into the top half now is sort of success. The yeah. the targets have been realigned from an Everton perspective, and a team obviously qualified for the Europa League last season. Roberto Martinez spoke about what a positive impact that it had on the players. So that's obviously not going to be part of the thing next year. He also speaks about the idea that Europe doesn't matter. I'll still be able to get the targets I want. Which I would question, but what do you, what do you think uh, in terms of Everton's prospects under Martinez specifically? Uh, it depends on how he goes goes about his recruitment this summer. Last year, I think he got the big money signing of Lukaku and thought all of my uh, Sundays have come at once. This is fantastic. We've had a great season. The final, the vaulted final piece of the puzzle has been launched into the team. Even though that gonna, piece was already there. Even though that piece is already <laughs> there, exactly. So they paid. 20, oh, sorry, I thought we were talking about Aaron Lennon. <laughs> yeah. So they paid like twenty eight million for something that they already really kind of had. So. Mm. They need to shore up stuff at the back. How long Sylvan Distan can go on uh, remains to be questioned. Uh, Gareth Barry, I don't think he can rely on him for much longer either. He's done the end of the season, is he? Has to be. Gone. Well, he's done in terms of playing every week. Leon Osman won't play every week. Uh, Stephen Pienaar is so injury prone. Barkley is injury prone and still hasn't shown that he's improved on last season. They definitely need at least one central defender. I'd agree that Distan's now 38. He'll be 38 by the start of next season. And still one of the quickest defenders in the Premier League, despite his age. Jaggy Elka doesn't look like he is the player he was. And all in all, they are woefully short once you get outside maybe the top 13 or 14 players at the club. And they need another striker to be able to uh, complement Romelu Lukaku. He spent most of the season fiddling with his lineup. He wasn't sure what way, to, especially when Samuel Eto'o was in the equation, he hadn't a clue what way to accommodate him or how to keep him happy. Or, and then the others around him as well. Well, they have had injuries to they haven't lost any player for a huge uh, mm. period of the season bar Stephen Pienaar but they've had a whole succession of injuries niggling injuries to several players That and that probably has necessitated the fact that he's juggled with his starting 11 so much but when you ask about the future of Everton I think last season was their zenith right I don't Jesus that's grim well what, where are they going to find the resource to be able to compete in the top four they weren't um, fighting on two fronts last season and all they had to concentrate on was the top four. Fifth. Others. They're a fifth place club. Well, right? I don't think I mean, they're a fifth place club. That, no, but but sorry, 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 sorry. Like, they like, are like eighth, in, the same way, in the same way that United are title contenders and Arsenal are some degree title contenders and City are, like, Everton are a fifth place club. Like, that's their. You're saying, I think, you're saying fifth and looking up, basically. If, if all, all things go. Well, fifth, fifth and looking up. you name for and then yeah. if anything else above that well, is the well, well, ultimately, they're not going to get anything above that, is what I'm saying. Okay. They aren't a Champions League club because they just don't have the money, they don't have the resources. The squad will never have the depth that's required. As Richie Riley said, he blew all of his transfer kitty on Romelu Lukaku. He's not going to get £28 to spend on one player this summer. That's absolutely certain. Now, the fact they're not going to be in Europe next season, that will be a help. But it'll only help them finish in the top seven or eight. They will never play in the Champions League as long as they are under the current ownership playing in that stadium 
and because it's too small to it is too yeah, small yeah. they are not a Champions League club and it's just, just is it a nice ground you go to quite a bit is it oh, a bit of character about school. it character but see that no, is no longer a compliment yeah, anymore yeah. Um, just like Anfield has a lot of character to it it's, it's small it's pokey great atmosphere yeah. like you compare the atmosphere of Goodison Park to say that of Old Trafford or the Emirates Stadium there's no comparison it's just streets ahead mm-hmm. but at the same time the, <laughs> the press box in um, it's like one of those you know when you're at mass and you're, going to, you're trying to get into one of those pews that's up against the wall and you happen to be the guy on the inside yeah. there's no other way out there's 20 people in the pew if you need to get out for whatever reason you pretty much have, have to, to ask for piss. 19 to pi- people to move do you ever want to go for piss in the middle of a commentary often and what, what's the what's the oh, you just protocol have to there? Suck it up and deal with it. Bath Leinster last Saturday. Bath Leinster last Saturday. You were absolutely praying right. that that game did not go to extra time <laughs> because I was in serious <laughs> trouble had that game gone to extra. Just carry time. this for 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 a few minutes, lads. I'll be back. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but that's what the uh, press box in Goodison, Goodison right. Park is like. Once you're in, you're in. There's no getting out until after the full time whistle. Character is the great way of describing it. But look, as I say, with the stadium. With the squad, with the fan base, they'll always be the second team in Merseyside generally and I don't think they're ever going to be as close to the Champions League as they were last season. Don't spend a great deal of time talking about Swansea Everton. There are other more important things to get to, but I was reading an interesting piece with uh, Martinez this week. It was an archive piece and there's a lot of interesting stuff in it, including the loss, I think it might have been in December, January time, which might explain some of the things you've spoken about of the head of medicine, the conditioning coach, his fitness coach as well. And, like, I suppose one of those is kind of unfortunate and three of them, you might say, is something greater at play. Um, it seems that, like, maybe Roberto Martin is just... Like, I think Dave makes a lot of relevant points about the uh, backup structures that are there. Maybe there isn't necessarily a great will from the ownership to invest a lot of money. But that... I don't know. Is he? How long is Roberto Martin into his... Is it two... This is the end this of his... Come his to the end of his second his year. This is second season, yeah. That already is... Perhaps the time's up. Ah, wouldn't absolutely not really a bit early no. yeah I mean and, and again <clears throat> when you're look, looking at Dave talking about they're not going to be a Champions League club who else would you bring in or what like what would you be hoping bring to bring Moyes back <laughs> well there is that so what they can finish 8th that's the level we're at mm. and Roberto Martinez is perfectly capable of bringing them into an 8th place position I think his first season was excellent he did as well as they possibly could do, in my opinion. And you would then hope that they win a cup or get to a cup final. They went deep into Europe this season. Like the last 16 of the Europa League, that's an achievement. It's such a long-running competition. To get into the last 16 is actually pretty good going. And they're, little, they're the they're only little, English club to get that far. And they're little pockmarks along the season as well, where you kind of look at, well, why wasn't that carried on throughout the rest of the season? Their, their result at home to Wolfsburg, who have gone on to do rather well in the Europa League this mm. season, was incredible. And they played brilliantly. And you're looking asking why that performance hasn't been there consistently week in and week out maybe the extra games has something to do with it I'd say it but does Wolfsburg are, are a handy side and only getting better that'll do us on Everton that's plenty it's not Hawaiian music but it's a stupid question I think it's a stupid question that is uh, Louis van Gaal telling us to move on to Southampton against Tall City we're not going to do that for sport, very long for once that's a sports person not speaking to me Saying, yeah. saying those words. Yeah. And particularly Louis van Gaal, uh, which was to happen, of course, later in the season. We must actually do one of those up, uh, Dave, just in sure. honour of you. Uh, Southampton Hull City, I don't really want to spend a great deal amount of time uh, speaking about this. this Are is you saying nobody cares about Southampton games. In some way, In some respects, Richie, that's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> but it does appear that uh, Southampton are, like we read now, that Chelsea have watched Schneiderland, uh, Schneiderland and Klein during the loss to Everton and a whole yeah. other bunch of players. It was a thing that we all assumed was going to happen anyway. But now, for the second season running... 
Southampton are about to lose all of the best players. Schneiderlin seems like a player who's ready made for Chelsea. Klein, I would, I'm not too sure. I, there was a point made on um, on off the ball last night as we talk that I think it was John Giles said it that Chelsea and Mourinho love defenders who actually defend and who get a kick out of defending. Klein is one of your more mm. attacking right backs, and I'm not sure that in a Chelsea back four he would work as well as he has done at Southampton. I don't mm-hmm. think he'd have the licence to do what he has done at Southampton, particularly in the last 18 months. Can they, uh, Dave, like sustain? We didn't, We we they're completely operating above where we ever thought they were going to be this season. But can is it sustainable? I know they have a good academy and all that kind of stuff. But Is there what sustainable the that they this season? Well, look, they're losing. seventh now. They're seven points clear of Swansea. And again, I think that is Southampton's position. I now, None of us believed that they were able, going to be able to maintain their run at the top four. And they have lost a couple of really bad games to Swansea a month ago, then lost to Everton there uh, last weekend. And suddenly they're actually a long way off. Mm. But seventh, I think, is a wonderful achievement for Southampton. It's a brilliant first season for Ronald Koeman. He was lucky to hang on to Morgan Snyder in the first place. Just make, needs to make sure he gets big money for him. What about the boy Keane at Nottingham Forest? I said, get him bought. I know we've gone through our little musical interlude. We didn't mention Hull. Hull are absolutely screwed and I think they're going to get relegated if one of QPR, Burnley or Leicester managed to show any kind of form over the next... this kind of form they showed just last weekend because they have to play Liverpool, Tottenham, Manchester United and Arsenal in their last four games. Hull fans, those 15 seconds of Dave on Hull there is all you're going to get. Uh, so lap it up or replay it, whatever you got to do. You Sunder- might get much more of it. We won't be talking about them next season. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sunderland Crystal Palace is our next port of call again. Maybe not uh, spend a huge amount of time on this one. But the sort of big question we have to ask ourselves here, lads, approaching the end of the season, mm. is if Alan Pardew, a remarkable job at Newcastle under... Richie's smiling, I think. Do you, do you know what's coming here, Richie? Oh, I have a feeling. <laughs> I have a, uh, a remarkable job at Newcastle yeah. under extreme pressure. You know, he did a lot, a lot of good things at Newcastle and then we saw when he left, there was a lot of bad things happening. And then he takes over Crystal Palace side who I think were in their relegation positions when he arrived. They were, yeah. And their points all has been remarkable over the last while. Manager of the season? Not for me. He's done okay. But the Newcastle thing, no. The start of the season, like that Newcastle side were poor. You know, and he's gone to a Crystal Palace side that were, I think we're always going to improve once the change of manager came in. They so, were poor, but but doing much better than they are now. If, if I was to hand John Carver the reins at any club, I think he'd watch them sink quicker quicker than they. They're officially imagine. the Stone Carver combination, are you in the Friday Football <laughs> Podcast? Sorry, the Stone Carver mm. Association. Um, Newcastle are a poor side and a poor squad, and uh, suffered from having bought poorly over the last couple of years. And whose fault is that? Pardew. And to a degree, obviously, Mike Ashley and Derek well, Cambias. Well, Joe Kinnear. And, and Joe Kinnear. Manager of the season, I think, is a bit of a stretch. I think what Poulos pulled off at Crystal Palace last year far exceeds what Pardew's done. Pardew's kind of slowly getting there. But Poulos, for mm. whatever reason, stuck a rocket up that club's arse last year and got them as far away from the relegation zone as quickly as possible. And they well, were and, Why, why and is Poulos achieved a greater achievement than what Pardew's done? Palace weren't... Uh, Pal- when Palace came in, or when Pardew came in to Palace at the start of January, uh, they were in the relegation zone they are in the relegation zone and look at them now 11th place but when Pulis came in I think last season they were rock bottom and dead certs for relegation I don't think anybody looked at Crystal Palace this season and thought they were absolute 100% nailed on dead certs for relegation I think you're just give, I've been a big um, praiser is that a word? I don't think so but we know of what you're Alan talking about Alan Pardew on this podcast for a long time the job he's done at Newcastle is phenomenal I've said many times he's the best Newcastle manager since Bobby Robson so you're going back what 12 or 13 years a club with absolutely no money to spend on players you rubbished his transfers 
They have I mean, had look money at, to spend at Newcastle. He was the guy who brought in Moose to Soko. He's been one of the best players. He's going to go for big money this summer, although he was absolutely woeful last Sunday against Sunderland. Iote Perez, they brought in from Tenerife, a second division Spanish side. And for the first two, three months of this season, he was excellent. Got some really good goals. And they've got players who are going to actually go for big money to other clubs. He's stabilised them beyond the... Uh, reaches of any other manager has been in Newcastle for the last 10 years they're mid-table then he goes to another club and he gets them into mid-table it's about time he actually started getting some credit for the job that he's done he's, he's just an unlikable job. person well is he really I, I, find yes. him, I find him remarkably unlikable now I know that's nothing to do with his coaching capacity or There's his ability other or managers out there I would dislike far really? more than he Big Sam I actually like Sam as well ah Jesus there's a Joe Mourinho for example here. I just can't really? stand him but um, I do think that Pardew never gets the credit that he deserves. I think that's a fair a fair point to make. I was having a look at choosing the uh, 3 a loss to City back in December, right, and looking at the team, and then the team who beat City. Uh, we must remember they beat City, by the way, uh, this week. Beat Chelsea as well this season. And and uh, Under Pardew, Newcastle. Yeah, this. absolutely. And um, looking at the teams, I'm kind of expecting, it doesn't explain shape or anything else, but looking at the teams and expecting there to be have been some changes so a player comes in like a la Tim Sherwood at Aston Villa and he says well Jack Grealish you're my man um, and maybe he's done that a little bit with a couple of players but from that 3-0 loss to City in December as an example to the 1-0 win over uh, City this week Hangeland for Delaney in defence the only change so well he doesn't have any other options right it's in defence and then so Yednak suspended and Campbell is injured as well so Zaha and Glenn Murray who's obviously maybe one of these sort of Agban Lahore types that uh, has come off for Tim Sherwood are the only other players brought in. There has not been... He's essentially working with the same group, group, the same 11 almost. And he's got a huge amount out of Glenn Murray. No one yeah. saw the form that he's produced coming. He's got a massive amount out of uh, Jason Punchin. He's even managed to get a lot out of... Um, Zaha. No. Balassi. Moroccan striker, formerly of Arsenal. Shamak. Mara and Shamak. And Delaney looks really solid, more so than he ever did under um, Warnock. Mm. I just think he's a manager who seems to do well wherever he goes. He did well at West Ham. He did well for a spell at Charlton as well. And you don't... It's not a coincidence that you go to all of these clubs and actually leave them in a better position than they were when you left. Or when you arrived, rather. He's a good manager. And someday he may get a bigger job. I don't know. Um, yeah, we shall see. There was certainly talk of it last night in the show. Uh, John was asked if he would... Uh, if Pardew would get the England job, for example. And that didn't seem to be beyond the realms from John's point of view or maybe a gig in the Premier League. Yeah, look at me when I talk to you. Yeah. And it is obviously Pardew up against Sunderland as well, so that should be an interesting little side note. Tottenham against Aston Villa, lads. The tactics, Tim Darby. Oh, good God. <laughs> Another come on, Dave. What's what's your thought on Tim Sherwood? You, you like him? Dave's got like like him. I do like him. Yeah, oh, there we go. Jesus, Richie, that's that Allardyce Pardew tactics. The too. three most dislikable. Why? Why is Sherwood dislikable? He, I, I don't know. I, I tell you what, guy who believes in himself. I tell you what, I actually, us. What I actually do don't under. He's not there to entertain. He's us. not there to entertain us. I matter. actually don't. He's there I don't to know for why any, What's that to us? I don't know why any right minded. He was at it again this week, uh, talking about Tottenham and how he was shafted over and all this sort of stuff. He brings this massive drama with him everywhere he goes. His quotes were along the lines of, um, "I did a great." He actually th- said, "I did a great job in development at Tottenham," and stopped short of saying, "I made Harry Kane." Uh, Absolutely, and also talked about uh, you know that Tottenham were after LVG and I think Ronald De Boer, one of yeah. these guys, wh- wh- while I was there, and like just all this absolutely needless drama. I have to say, I don't know why any right-minded club, and I'm insinuating here that Aston Villa are not one of them, would go near this guy. 
Well, if he keeps them up, you'll be proved wrong. And it looks like he is I don't think that will up. prove me wrong. I think well, that that, oh, I think, I think that. that that proves... Well, no, because he signed, was it an 18-month? Or was it more than that? Was no, it three, three years? years? He signed a three-year deal with him. So, that I, I totally... Oh, I think everybody expected there to be a spike when he arrived. Because he is this sort of a person who, as we saw um, with... Um, Tottenham. Yeah, with... Um, what club were striker. we talking about? Yeah, Tottenham. Um, Harry Kane? No. Um, Soldado? No. Adebayor. Adebayor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I bought in my head. Um, Adebayor. And so he, like, we can see that he can have that sort of an impact on players. So he's doing it Villanoe. But as a long-term prospect, Richie, I don't know. He's I'm a booster. He's, I, I'd say he'd be a cracking assistant manager under mm-hmm. a, a more stern hand, say. I think I think he's that kind of player or that kind of manager or that kind of coach who could put an arm around players and be the, the good cop to someone else's bad cop. But, but as a long-term prospect, as you say, as a manager of a major football club, which Aston Villa, let's face it, still are, I, I just can't see it. And, and you've still got that question about ownership as well. I mean, Randy Lerner's yeah. looking to, to sell up. Any new owner that comes in, he's he would rub most people up the wrong way, Sherwood. He might rub them up the wrong way if they beat Liverpool in the Cup semi-final and qualify for Europe next season. I would hold my fire, lads, on that for the next two weeks. <laughs> I, t- I tell you, the other thing, Dave, that's in your favour here, and it disgusts me to bring it up, but uh, Jack Grealish during the week spoke very highly of him. We'd say given on a few weeks ago. Spoke very highly of him. Now, I mean, they're... You know, current yeah, players they're probably unlikely Jack Grealish has just gotten his first start under yeah. him of course he's yeah. going to praise I, him I, I, do, I, do, I do accept that they're not really going to be bagging on him just yet uh, that is Tottenham against Aston Villa that's a wide art lane uh, West Brom up against Leicester City at the Hawthorns another game lads we're not going to spend a huge amount of uh, time speaking about uh, West Brom possibly safe seven points uh, from the bottom three and Leicester rock bottom uh, sometimes being under pressure can bring the best out of you uh, says Nigel Pearson this week which sort of makes me wonder why they haven't had the best out of them all season. Exactly. They've been lingering down there for... It's pretty much the the result against Manchester United. The 5-3 was the high watermark of the season by far. And since then, I think they were trading off it a little bit for a couple of months and began, before they knew it, slipping result after result after result and have found themselves bottom of a table that they would have hoped to stay up by maybe three, four points. And it doesn't look like that's going to happen at this stage. It's a strange situation. I don't know how much of it is Pearson's fault. Um... I just don't think he had the squad equipped for a Premier League season, but I don't think he's done them any favours this season at all, really. They have to, win, have to win this Sunday. Yeah. They'll take a huge amount of encouragement from what QPR managed to do at the Hawthorns a week ago, but their game in hand for Leicester, everyone keeps talking about their game in hand, that's against Chelsea in two weeks' time. Right. So you can probably write that one off. And they are obviously so far adrift at the moment. They're down there on 22 points and they're six from safety at the moment. If they don't win this weekend, I think they're gone. I think pointing towards that... Uh, keep your results that's not something Pulis would let happen, happen again twice. Yeah. no I don't think so the burden of proof is on you uh, West Ham against Stoke City Big Sam saying this week anybody see this popped up on my Facebook page he the other day or he'd love to be Manchester United manager Claire Balding that there was one job that he would have there was one job that I would have had would have been United how many other managers would say that a lot I would have thought because they were sort of the old school powerhouse of that generation that yeah. it had that sort of Grab magpie yeah. shiny nice shiny thing in the corner that I liked to have done um, and that he ran Steve McLaren close apparently it was between himself and Big, uh, not Big Steve Big Steve, <laughs> Big Steve. <laughs> Dutch Steve <laughs> for, the, uh, for the England job that time yeah I'm sure there would be plenty within the FA that realised they made the wrong decision on that one or did they Ah, come on. Allardyce would have qualified from, from that group into Euro 2008. Yeah, no, I, I just and mean... maybe yeah. would have avoided the appointment of Fabio Capello, which was equally as disastrous. I just wonder if you want somebody, like... 
He's a person I think would actually work at international level. I do think in, he, in, in, in the same in the same way that perhaps, and I'm not talking even tactically here. I'm just talking about personality wise. In the same way that Charlton worked here, I think he would have that uh, big chest out effect that England thrive off. They wouldn't mm. have had it under Capello. They were browbeaten under McLaren. Um, I think he would have been perfect at that particular time for England. Um, but as a manager now, and how West Ham have sunk in this second half of the season, he's not going to get that job offer again. As Big Sam. West Ham Stoke we'll probably leave it there lads mid-table who cares really <laughs> I feel like tonight maybe a new era is starting for Borussia Dortmund <laughs> no um, yeah I think that's pretty succinct there Dave Burnley Arsenal is a late game on a Saturday Arsenal obviously have looked most likely to catch Chelsea this season seven points behind them with a the game more played Arsenal with seven games left this is done isn't it as in the title race yeah I don't think the title race can be described as being done while Chelsea still have those fixtures to get through. Those fixtures being Manchester United, Liverpool. Which is to say Arsenal have a shot of winning this thing. As long as Chelsea still have to play those games, I would agree. And I would throw Manchester United in there as well. It's a a long shot for both of them. I cannot see Chelsea slipping up from here. But Chelsea have eight games remaining. And while they have to play those three, I think it's still open. Yeah, I don't think the gap is going to be seven points by the end of the season. I think it could be down to at least four, maybe uh, yeah, even three. I agree. Yeah. Now, I, obviously, Arsenal and United have to win all of their games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I can't see that happening either because they both have very difficult games to come, as, as particularly against each other. So someone's going to take points off the other in that particular game. There's a couple of slips in that Chelsea side, though, which Arsenal yeah. can capitalise well, on. We thought it was, one of them was going to be in Stoke last weekend. They're vulnerable. I do think they can drop points. They could drop points this weekend. If the gap comes down to, you know, with Chelsea having played their game in hand, down to maybe eight, nine points, with those games still to come, it's possible. It is possible. But um, they play Hull on the last day. Or is it Hull on the last day of the season? Chelsea have um, Sunderland at home on the last day of the season. Mm. So it has to happen before then. Unlikely, I would think. Uh, and we must get to that. You've made that comment a couple of times now, Dave, and I'm going to bring you up in a minute about uh, possibly getting something out of that game. Uh, at Loftus Road. Uh, the other side of this, like it's been the most typical Arsenal season, right? Like there were sixth in January. There was at various points everybody felt right. Arsene Wenger's got to go, and then suddenly there's a really strong finish to the season, and everybody's convinced again that Arsene Wenger's the man. I don't know if it has been typically Arsenal this season because there have been those moments in the middle whereby they're wobbling. Whereby this time, well, not this time last year, but maybe a couple of months prior last year, they looked like you know heading towards another decent title race for the first time you know in a, in a long time and fell off that Liverpool result at Anfield of course precipitating that but this time round i think they've weathered a couple of dodgy results they've shown a bit of character that i don't know was there they've weathered a few injuries as well which has kind of worked in their favor are you not just describing the the typical arsenal season here like they've they showed a bit of character they got a couple of results they did okay but ultimately they came up short but i don't think this this season if they if they come second and if they get to within 3 4 points of the eventual champions which of course we presume will be chelsea i don't think that's failure i i think that's a rather decent season for arsenal it's not it's not a, typ- a typical arsenal season is look like title contenders have an atrocious middle and strong finish to end up being 2 points ahead of fifth that's your typical Arsenal season. To run the Champions close this season and such a strong Chelsea side, I think that's pretty decent. It just hasn't had those big, long, extended runs whereby big teams maybe have suffered and big teams have been steamrolled, although the Liverpool result obviously changes that. I, I think Arsenal have done rather well this season. I think second place would be brilliant for them. I go back to the Martinez situation where you give him a huge amount of credit. He, 
last season he has to take the criticism this season I think the opposite extreme is true here because Arsene Wenger he was in the midst of a crisis particularly when they went to Stoke and were beaten and he got so much criticism there was the incident with the fans as well as they all tried to get onto the train outside the Britannia mm-hmm. up from the Britannia and now you have to give him credit for the manner in which they've turned it around they were unbeaten in the last 10 games at the end of last season to make a run at the Champions League and ultimately qualifying in fourth the run they're on at the moment is spectacular and they just must regret the start of the season so much because they would be neck and neck with Chelsea. But isn't that the case all the time? Look, yes, well, it is. But the, I mean, you talk about getting rid of anger. For who? Who's going to come in and do a better job than he is? Bar that crazy final two minutes at home to Monaco, they would have been in the mm. Champions League quarterfinals. They went over there and won and were with a whisker of a back post header from Olivier Giroud going through to the quarterfinals. That's Arsa. They won the cup last season. They're going to finish possibly second this season. They could win the cup again. Yeah. It could actually still be a really good mm-hmm. campaign for Arsenal. They are just one or two players. This is the bit that I would criticise them for because we've been saying this for years. They're one or two players, mm. very specific type of players mm. from really being title contenders. Yeah, and they probably thought they had that a couple of times at least and one then it just defender. came up short a bit. Maybe a goalkeeper. But I think if they... But again, we say this every year. <laughs> if they sign well in the summer, they could win the championship. Yeah. But at least season. they've shown, I suppose, maybe the difference, like last year, was that they showed a bit of ambition over the last couple of years, at least some ambition they've to spend a bit of money now and to buy a bit of quality. They've got the ambition and they've got the resources. I think they could be a dangerous prospect in the summer in terms of the teams around them and what they could possibly buy and how they could progress on next mm. season. They really do. Mm. All right. Well, that is uh, the late game on Saturday. And then it's on to Sunday. No, just assume, you just assume that Burnley won't take some ah, Burnley are, game. Yeah. I mean, but it's that tor- they've pulled off some huge results at Torchmore this year. To crack. Yeah, the, the Burnley's biggest problem is that they have. Uh, they've they beat Chelsea and City this season, something like that. And no, anyway. they drew at both clubs. They drew at Chelsea. They drew, and yeah, drew they, at they, beat, they, beat, they beat Man City at Torchmore anyway. I think Chelsea they drew at Chelsea and Spurs, and they beat City. That's what happened this season. And for drew at the Etihad as well, and um, came from behind in both of those games. But their biggest problem is they can't do they can't do any of that stuff against the teams around them and that's always the yeah. as we're told the secret sauce to avoiding relegation uh, let's stop talking about Burnley QPR Chelsea on Sunday we did have Nathan's rather <laughs> pithy I don't uh, think we need to cover that preview further after Nathan's a little earlier Jose uh, it's live and off the ball by the way on Sunday in our early game Jose described himself this week as an old fox uh, saying that he reckons he's another 20 years left in him Dave which given your comments earlier right. on uh, not good news and I do have some sympathy for that I have to say uh, I do remember the first time that he left Chelsea I was not one of those who was all that sorry to see him go I have to admit um, but he has pointed to a big problem that he has and he just keeps getting better it's just his big issue the way he uh, prepara- his preparation for the game his approach to uh, game day uh, and the thing I started to wonder was that like if he is getting better and he's got a pretty good bunch of players why were they beating my PSG in the why, last they, why, in the why Champions did they League? not make the quarterfinals of the Champions League and why and why were they hammered at home by Bradford City in the FA Cup and why also are they going to win the league this season not really due to any exceptional performances from Chelsea but to do with the lack of quality elsewhere yeah, he's not I would look maybe he is getting better but I don't think this is the season to hold up there as the evidence for that because they haven't done well enough in Europe. They haven't done well enough in the Cup. Obviously, they won the League Cup, which is, that's great. They've won a trophy and everything. But that 5-3 result at home against Bradford, that's one of the darkest days in the history of the football yeah, club. That's yeah. crazy stuff. And to go down at home to PSG, in the manner in which they went down, trying to defend the lead, instead of having the belief that they had the quality in their squad, which they should do, the likes of Fabregas and Costa and um, Hazard in particular, to go on and then just beat PSG 2-3-0 at home. That's what should have happened mm. once they went a goal up. But instead, they get pegged back, it goes to extra time, and they get done again. Even the way 
they were done against PSG. Two consecutive corners, one by Thiago Silva, one of which he scores from. I mean, that would sum sum them how they have not progressed in my view as mm-hmm. well. And I agree with you. It's been a really poor Premier League. They're the best of a bad lot. Mm-hmm. Just look at how the Premier League teams have performed in Europe. The only side to get, uh, the team that got furthest in Europe, were Everton. And I think that just sums it all up. So this is not the season for Josie to sit back and look, go, look at me, I'm a great manager, I'm getting better all the time. Now, if he does something great, spectacular next year, well, maybe he is getting better. It's like he mistakenly hit the club into cruise control in January. I mean, they were flying like I don't think anybody at Christmas looked at that club and said that they're not winning the Premier League everybody thought they were since then it's a kind of I don't know if it's a, it's a case of legs going I know Costa's obviously had more hamstring problems yet again I don't know if it's a case of not rotating the team enough not freshening things up properly maybe not bringing in anybody you know of significant note in January or maybe just people finding them out a little bit in the second half like, of the where's season where's Fabregas gone? yeah he's been missing since February that, and that's pretty much as kind of a, the state of the team as a whole. I don't think that side would have lost as badly as they did in the kind of in the anemic manner that they did against PSG if that tie had been played notionally, say in October November, or October. Yeah. yeah, I think they would have probably steamrolled PSG. Something has gone on there, whether it is legs or whether it is uh, something it's deeper. A staleness. It, it, it is a staleness. Yeah, probably January probably needed freshing. freshing if they stay yeah. on top for the rest of the season, they'll break the all-time Premier League record for consecutive days spent at the top. Yeah, but who was at the top for the most last season? Arsenal doesn't mean that yeah but no, nowhere near the amount of time like Tottenham yeah. were the only other side to have topped the table throughout the entire season that was after two games and they're only top of the table by virtue of goal difference so they w- they are going to dominate this season and win it Here. almost certainly but I would not be overly impressed by the manner in which they've won it and the competition that they've won a, sur- a draw is not going to surprise you from your comments earlier on is yeah that- I just think that QPR will take an awful lot from what happened last weekend the record recently against Chelsea is actually very good um, we remember nine-man Chelsea f- almost beat a QPR a couple of, a couple of years ago when Terry and uh, was sent off. I think that was the game in which the yeah. whole uh, racial incident with um, Anton Ferdinand came about. But QPR, it just, I wouldn't be shocked if they took a point from this game. And if Chelsea drop points this weekend, then I actually think that we've got something to look at. I actually think that we could have a tight race in our hands because they are playing Manchester United next week. Mm. And if you were to say, for example, lose five points suddenly their lead is down to three or four and then we have a serious title race for the next three weeks. Just That's how easily it can change. Just as you bring it up, it is another sort of an interesting uh, side note to the whole thing as well. The uh, Like you have a player, possibly, they're not going to necessarily an unlikely uh, head-to-head at any point during the game, but you have the possibility of obviously having Rio Ferdinand on the pitch, a player who's two years, two of the best centre-halves of their generation is the point I'm getting yeah. at here. And a player who's two years past his sell-by date and another guy who is still on top of his game. You're speaking to Terry here. Yeah. Yeah, I think Terry's had a cracking season. To be fair, and I'm not a John Terry fan. I don't think most people would be John Terry Dave fans. Dave probably is. Dave probably Dave. Not, he's a despicable human being, yeah. but he's comfortably the best <laughs> centre half. for saying it. The best yeah. centre half the Premier League's ever seen. I he, don't know of any central defender. A cretin off like the I'm pitch. thinking of the great defenders of Tony Adams and yeah. Emmanuel Vidic and uh, all he's, d- he's, company. He's done something that uh, you mentioned Tony Adams and I'd throw maybe a Sammy Hoopy in there as well whereby once they lost that yard of yard, yard or two of pace there was a little bit of a wobbly period but he's started playing the game better in his head he started positioning himself better in his head McGraw was another fantastic mm. player for this once he got older it still seemed like a cracking defender even though he was progressing in years because he had the intelligence 
uh, maybe not off the pitch rather than on it um, of how to play the game I think he's had a great season Ferdinand Ferdinand looks like proved me wrong anyway I'll give him that uh, I thought he would pick up an injury during mid-season and retire uh, before which then. he probably should have done which he hindsight. probably yeah absolutely well you know his off-field activities may suggest that he kind of has in his head already mm. um, but yeah it's kind of it's what's, weird. That, what's the off-field like? oh, he's just basically put himself about media-wise everywhere while he's still. a media whore a little bit and us being yeah. in the media Richie this should be a, a jolly good thing no Ab- absolutely it should be you know, well, see, building, see if you can get it for Coke building for retirement I think QPR will score at least once Charlie Austin will score at least once this weekend probably, from, probably from a penalty kick I fancy him to get a point and they, yeah, they could take something you, you tell me what he wrote in his book something to do with you being a clown but I yeah, think it read, read the rest I know we leave it there Schoolboy by uh, John O'Shea no harm in reminding people of that uh, so that's our first game on Sunday and then it's off to the Manchester Derby Dave you'll be alongside Kevin Kilban United four consecutive defeats in the Derby but probably at no point over that time have been in a better position to win it than this weekend yeah City are just really struggling so badly all over the field at the moment on and off the pitch four wins in their last 14 in all competitions it's a staggeringly poor record and it's an incredible stat that surfaced in a number of outlets during the week after going down at before half time at Sellers Park by a goal to nil and then losing they haven't come from behind to win a Premier League game while trailing at half time away from home since April 1995 what? 20 That's years insane. since Manchester City have gone behind at half time on the road in the Premier League what? and failed to win. It was against Blackburn Rovers back in April 95. Jesus. They were 2-1 down. They won 3-2. It almost actually derailed Blackburn's title hopes that season. Mm. I remember the game. But part of that obviously is to do with their strength, particularly over the last while. It doesn't explain it for the previous 15 years, but <clears throat> over the last while where they just haven't been behind. Yeah, I mean, you're right. Look, you have to qualify by saying how often have they been behind mm. at halftime over the last five years since the money's arrived. Also, in that 20 years they spent five seasons outside the Premier League so mm. that'll count for another chunk of it but it does um, show at times maybe they just don't have the character that they used to have I mean they were after all going for the third title in, in four years which would be a huge achievement and they were joint top of Chelsea at uh, Christmas and where are they now and Manchester United are going the opposite direction they've won five in a row I was thinking this must be the best form they showed all season. It is in terms of performance levels, but they've actually won six in a row already this season, just going through the results when I was preparing for this game. And for them to win six again this season, I think United will look at second place and maybe an outside chance at uh, running Chelsea close enough to to the title. The question is, will you see a kick from City this Sunday? because it's a derby and they mean so much to the supporters and all that kind of stuff. I did Newcastle Sunderland last, last weekend. There was no kick from Newcastle. Mm. <laughs> Their players didn't really seem to be bothered by how much this would have meant to the Newcastle supporters. But they've City have never beaten United five times in a row in the league. Um, they have a chance of making history this weekend. Very hard to choose City to win the game, which is just completely at odds to where we thought we might be looking at this fixture even five weeks ago. It's only three weeks since United went up to St. James's Park and beat Newcastle 1-0 with that fluky goal from Ashley Young in injury time. Since then, they've just turned their form completely on its head. Who's Richie waving at? Quilly. All oh, right, yeah. turn around somebody and next look. door. Yeah. Good man. Yeah, yeah distracting me. I thought you were looking for to get into the conversation. Now, no. City needs to pull out a performance that they haven't had in the last while uh, in this game, and I don't know if it's within them. There's a lot of kind of totems of that side of the last three, four years that have failed fa- failed badly in the last few months. Um, company is the glaring example, and no injury has had its effects on him. But I don't think form wise he went into this season. He's at that 
points that we mentioned about Terry in that the legs maybe have gone he's only just 28 though but he suffered the, the injuries that he suffered over the last while and the amount of games that he has under his belt over the last while there might be a yard or two of pace gone and he needs to discover that game in his head whereby he can get himself better because he's been erratic this season when he has played I wouldn't write him off I think he could come back under a new manager well, next that's season what I'm and still be the best I would agree with that yeah. Nathan Murphy's another one on the Richie camp here who well he despises Vince and company I would say oh, it's probably not an overstatement well I think he's more, and, and it's a lot more to do with his character he figures at times people are bored listening to this podcast and listen to Nathan going on about how Vince and company is playing up to the cameras when there is an element to that there absolutely is an element to that there absolutely is an element to that but, the, but the, the, the other players I mean Nazari for example where has he been all season um, Yaya Torres had an absolute Mary has not tried a leg since coming back from the African Cup of Nations and I don't think they've given enough opportunities to Wilfried Boney for example yeah, Aguero hasn't either. scored for over 500 minutes which is an astonishing run of time and he's talking today him. in the papers about loving to score at Old Trafford because the silence is deafening etc etc but I just can't see how he'll get a goal I think the United defence is starting to look far more solid than it has done at any point in the season really uh, the other thing that uh, came up on off the ball last night and I was thinking about it as well over the last few days about Louis van Gaal and the idea that so he struck upon this winning formation one of the form teams in the league at the minute and he's found the round uh, pegs to go into the round holes and that ultimately like a manager of his stubbornness so we've said it, we've said it all season that was exactly what United needed but a manager of his stubbornness it's always going to succeed because ultimately at some point in the season he's going to find the right thing and the players are not going to be like I mean that could have happened with David Moyes for example it was just that the players never really bought what he was selling I don't know like I would buy into the idea that he has been fortunate with the injuries that he suffered not in the first half of the season where they were just in crisis the Mm. amount of guys I had on the treatment table and that's why fellas like Jesse Lindegaard and Tyler Blackett and um, James Wilson they all and um, Paddy McNair McNair Mm. all got opportunities to play because at one stage they had 15 players on the uh, treatment table. Yeah. But this, but this is great for United. This is, this is what United have always done, isn't it? I mean, that's what Ferguson always did. He was always... But it was ma- the maybe injury, not that many, but... After all those guys came back, it was the injuries to Robin Van Persie, Radamel Falcao and Luke Shaw that have actually propelled him to finding and stumbling across his best formation. Because mm. he's moved Blint to left full. They're far more solid there. And he has left Rooney back up front Absolutely, on his own, yeah. where he's clearly in his best position. And he hasn't looked at the likes of um, Van Persie wondering, well, I kind of have to play him, don't I? Is Van Persie gone now? Is that, I mean, are we, well, are I we, would be surprised if he's he still won't there, there next He won't be there next year. Be amazed. Now, he's fit again for this weekend's game. He'll be on the bench, I would have mm. thought. I would be surprised if Van Persie starts again this season because why, can, why would you change what they have produced over the last three weeks? First half against Tottenham was as well as they played that I have seen in two and a half years. Gone way before Ferguson left. First 20 minutes against Liverpool, up there with the performance, over a 20-minute spell of any team in the Premier League this season. And then they just grounded out against Aston Villa. Ander Herrera's playing really good football. Matt is playing the best football he's played since he arrived at the club. But I think he's lucky in that he may well never have come across this formation and the form they're in now it doesn't were it not for those three injuries it doesn't all go well for the long term planning of the club and what he has in mind for them or perhaps what he has in mind for them when it takes injuries and stumbling across your best formation to you know provide you know take form and take wins where they come but out of nowhere to stumble across this and suddenly mm-hmm. it's working you know does he go oh it was all part of my tactical master plan the same way with Rodgers at Liverpool when he went Oh well, this three at the back isn't uh, isn't an accident. We've been working on this in the training ground. Mm. Well, look, they're playing well. They're winning an awful lot of games. Take it where it comes. Two yeah, defeats, absolutely. Two Premier League defeats in twenty-one games. 
look, that's that's title winning form. And at the moment, you have to give them the credit because they're playing very well. The coconut brown. Tell me, we're not dialing up Spain again. You really want to dial them up again? No, no, no. no, no. Uh, <laughs> we've had enough of that shit for one <laughs> podcast. United to get it done, lads. Is that the general consensus? I think United will win the game. I think they actually might win it comfortably. I fancy them to win it narrowly. I think only with single goal was that lot. It's nice, isn't it? You could listen to that for a while. No, no. Thanks, lads. Good luck. Have a good weekend. Bye,